Welcome to Beautiful Soul Sunday, and thank you for tuning in. Listen, we want you to be encouraged, uplifted, and strengthened in your faith as you listen to the show today. And we pray that this podcast will be a blessing to your soul. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lynn Gope. Grace and peace, beauties, rise and shine. It is a beautiful soul Sunday because this is the day that the Lord has made. And yes, we are still rejoicing and we will be glad in it. This is your host, your sister, your auntie, yes, your girl, Dr. Lynn Goble, and I am back this week with another dose of the most insight, inspiration, energy, encouragement, and love. You already know that is what I am about to give you a dose of. I am coming into your home, your phone, your car, or your computer just to release some positive vibes to you wherever you are listening from. Again, thank you to all of my listeners all across the world, nationwide and internationally. And this week, guys, I would like to welcome my new listeners. I have some new beauties in the United Kingdom and the British Virgin Islands. So listen, welcome to the Beautiful Soul Sunday family. Thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, guys, we are now in 11 countries, and I am so excited about it. God is really doing his thing, opening up doors each week with new listeners, and I am truly thankful and grateful for this platform he has entrusted me with, and it is literally reaching the nations. So thank you again to all of my listeners. I appreciate your love and your support for tuning into the podcast. I am sending you, as always, big hearts and lots of love. Listen, keep it locked. Keep listening and subscribing to Beautiful Soul Sunday as I continue to give you some news you can use. And of course, that is only the good news, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I pray that all of you had a blessed and prosperous week last week. I know that I had a really good week. Hopefully, all of you or at least some of you were able to take advantage of voting early. This is a very extremely important election this year, 2020. So hopefully you were able to vote. If not, You will still have an opportunity to vote on November the 3rd on this coming Tuesday. So I pray that you get your votes in, be led by the spirit of the Lord, because God will lead you. And listen, we are just going to surround our prayers as well uh, around this election. We're going to just continue to pray that God's perfect will is done during this time. So today, guys, on the show, there's a topic that I want to talk about that I actually talked about years ago. God put it in my spirit, and I do think that it is still relevant today because with everything we have experienced in 2020, we have all been faced with the challenge of not allowing someone to bring us out of our character. Now, I don't get into Facebook wars. I try to stay away from that. But I know that I have had to keep it together and remain professional, especially on my secular job, 
this year when it comes to dealing with people who are impatient. And, you know, I've worked in my role since March of this year completely solo. The person that was hired to help me, unfortunately, ended up being permanently furloughed, losing their job. So I have had to carry the weight of everything that involves my role on my secular job. And, you know, I've had to deal with people who have not always been patient or understanding. And I was thinking about something this week. And sometimes just to help me deal with things, I will find humor in it to help me cope and to keep me from really, you know, losing it or retaliating when someone is being just plain rude. I was thinking about one customer in particular who was really impatient without reason because some people, I don't care what you do for them, they are going to find a reason to complain or to be completely difficult to deal with without reason. So as I was thinking about what I was going to do for this customer in order to make sure they were taken care of and completely satisfied, even though that meant putting them ahead of everyone else, because I think some people feel like they are more important than everyone else. And I've learned over the years how to deal with people and certain situations to make sure they do not affect me to the point that they are bringing me out of character. So what I do to help me deal with difficult people is I find humor in something just to lighten my spirit. And in thinking about this particular customer, I just thought to myself, I bet this individual was the same person who jumped the lunch line in school. Like, seriously. And because they were used to jumping in front of everyone else, I bet they are also the same person who has a shopping cart full of groceries that will get in the 15 item line only. Clearly, they have more than 15 items in their cart, but that doesn't matter because they are impatient and they are more important than everyone else. They will get in the wrong line at the grocery store. Jump in front of the lady who only has a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread, who is in the line she is supposed to be in, mind you. This is also probably the same person who will drive in the wrong lane and pass 10 other cars, cut everybody else off just so they can get in front of all of the other drivers. And I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret about me. When I see people like this, just to entertain myself in my own mind, in my own head, I will kind of label those people. Yes, I label them. Don't judge me. But for real, when I see people who obviously think that they are more important than everyone else, in my head, I'm like, lunch line jumper. <laughs> like, seriously. And it happens all the time. I went to go pick up lunch for me and my husband. And as I was in the turning lane waiting to turn, a guy from the opposite direction approaches me. Now, normally when that happens, you will slow down and wave the person through who is waiting to turn because it's just common courtesy when you're driving, you know, just to be nice, right? Well, <laughs> not this guy. 
he races to turn before me. And once I was able to turn, I saw the guy jump out of his car and race up to the window to pick up his food before I could even park my car. And I literally just chuckled to myself like it's still very funny to me. But I chuckled to myself because this guy bolted to get in front of me as if he had just received an inside scoop that they were about to run out of food or something. So, of course, I just took my time and I just kind of shook my head and thought to myself again, lunch line jumper. I'm pretty sure that even when I was in school, I've always been catch this irritated by the people who felt like they should put themselves ahead of everyone else. The lunch line jumpers and people are still jumping line in life because they are used to getting in front of you, which is why they feel like the rest of the world should cater to them. And if you don't, these grown adults will throw tantrums and maybe even become violent or combative because the world is their oyster. But now as Christians, how do we deal with people who are impatient, rude, selfish, uncaring, and inconsiderate? What do you do with that? Here's the thing. Since I used the metaphoric expression of the world being someone's oyster in reference to people who are irritating, and hopefully you haven't prayed that God removes that person out of your life or removes the irritation because I am here to tell you that there is something precious, beautiful, and valuable that is being created all from an irritation. I say that because one of the most precious stones ever made is the pearl, but the process of becoming a pearl is very irritating. Pearls are beautiful, they are expensive, but the process of becoming a pearl is painful for the oyster because when sand enters the matrix or the womb of an oyster, it begins to cause an irritation within the oyster's shell. And this irritation is something the oyster does not like because it makes him very irritable and uncomfortable. And, you know, I want to say that anytime you are giving birth, there is pain involved for the one giving birth as well as the thing that is trying to be birthed. I read a lot when I was pregnant, and I never knew this, but I found out that whenever you are giving birth in the natural, the labor pains which the mother experiences are just as painful for the baby as it is for the mother. Because when the uterus begins to constrict what happens is that it actually squeezes the baby. The uterus gets tight around the baby, causing the baby to move because the baby becomes uncomfortable due to the pressure of being squeezed. So that baby, which is going through the process of being born, will begin to move and work its way to the birth canal in order to free itself from that uncomfortable position. So again, the birthing process is just as painful and uncomfortable 
for the thing being birthed as much as the thing giving birth. Rather, it's a human, an animal, or even an insect. It doesn't matter. There is pain in the birthing process. Anytime there is a birth, there is going to be pain involved. And now I will say when I had my last child, when I had my baby son, I really didn't experience the pain that I had in birthing my other two children. But a lot of times, here's what happens during childbirth. Women have been known to pass away while giving birth. And there are times when babies have also been known to pass away during the birthing process and they are never able to be revived once they are born because the fight to get here was just too much. And I just want to say that if you are here, you should give God a praise that you made it through the birthing process because the fact that you survived being birthed through someone else's pain including your own, that should let you know the fact that you made it was a miracle and you were worth the pain both you and your mother went through in order to get you here. And the Bible says in St. John chapter 16, verse 21, out of the English Standard Version translation, that when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come, but when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish or the pain for the joy that a human has been born into the world. So the Bible says that once you give birth, you basically forget about the pain you went through because of the joy and the beauty of bringing another human being into the world. Listen, someone paid a great price in order for you to be here. And although women are the ones who are giving birth, we don't want to leave our men out either because someone had to first plant the seed. So your father and your mother both played major roles in creating you, regardless of the circumstance or the situation came about that you are here, regardless of how you got here, the fact of the matter is that you are here and none of it would be possible without the creator of the entire universe. And that is God, our heavenly father, who literally spoke everything into existence. But now how does this tie in with the oyster? No, I have not forgotten about my original topic of discussion. I want to talk about how we can identify with the oyster. So stay tuned because I do want to talk about that a little more after this brief announcement. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast platforms. And you can make money from your podcast 
with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to the show, beauties. Before the break, I talked about the birthing process being painful for anything that is being born. And earlier in the show, I talked about how painful it is for the oyster whenever a pearl is being made because of the irritation from a grain of sand entering the matrix or the womb of the oyster, causing the oyster to become uncomfortable. Did you catch that? A small grain of sand causes all that pain and irritability. Sometimes the smallest things can irritate us. And this is how the oyster feels when sand gets into his shell. Whenever I go to the beach, I know how hard it is to get rid of sand between my toes. I mean, you can probably identify with this when you come back from the beach, you've brought a little bit of the beach back with you because there is literally sand everywhere. It will be in your luggage, in your shoes. I mean, literally everywhere. And I can only imagine how the oyster must feel having sand trapped in places it's not able to get to. Isn't that a horrible feeling when you are trapped or something or someone has trapped you? So let's try to identify with the oyster for just a moment. If you can just imagine how some people rub you the wrong way or get under your skin, well, that's how the oyster feels when sand gets into its shell. And with humans, our sand are the people who irritate us, get on our last nerve and cause us to become irritated. Some people simply make us uncomfortable. You know, the Apostle Paul referred to those people, those things, those irritants, if you will, as thorns in the flesh in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. The King James Version, it reads this way, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was giving to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. But what does that mean? Just in case you get a little too haughty and a little too prideful over all of these other people who get on your nerves, wreck your flow, kill your vibe. The Apostle Paul refers to this irritant as a thorn in the flesh, which in this verse of scripture, thorn means annoyance. So I am going to call someone to annoy you. I'm going to purposely put someone in your life, in your path to irritate you, because guess what the Apostle Paul was saying? He was saying that person is going to keep me humble. See, all this time I thought, and you may have also thought as well, that the annoying person had a problem 
But really, the problem is not with them. The problem is with you because you didn't realize that a spirit of pride was trying to creep up on you. So to bring you down a few notches and to keep you from being arrogant and conceited, to keep you humble, watch this. I'm going to cause a constant friction and irritation in your life until you get things right within yourself because it's not the other person who has the problem. The problem lies within us. If I had gotten mad or upset with the person who raced me into the parking lot to pick up their food, who do you think it would have affected? Certainly not the lunch line jumper. He was probably back at his office eating his lunch, maybe watching YouTube until it was time for him to clock back into work. He's gone on about his business while I'm still mad, fuming, and now I can't eat my lunch because I'm so upset at the fact that I allowed someone else's actions to dictate my mood or my own actions by bringing me out of character. Wouldn't it be nice to do what the oyster does when there is an irritation? Since the oyster is not able to get rid of the irritant, that little grain of sand, which causes him so much pain and irritation, Watch this. He improves what he can't remove. Oh, I just said something right there. I'm going to say it again. He improves what he can't remove. So the more that grain of sand rubs him the wrong way, the more that oyster takes advantage of the friction going on within his shell because the whole time the friction is taking place, Guess what? Something great is happening. Something of great worth and value is being formed and created, and it becomes far greater than anything money can buy because that irritation is being used to make you into someone great. And either you can allow it to make you or you can continue to complain about it and cause it to break you instead of make you. Once I matured and thought about all the people who have gotten on my nerves in the past or rubbed me the wrong way or may have gotten under my skin, I began to thank God for those people because they were the very ones who were helping to form me into someone valuable, believe it or not, for the kingdom of God. Every bit of irritation I've experienced has helped aid in the development stages of knowing my own worth and value. And the enemy will even use people to try and strip you of your value and your worth. But it's during those crushing times that all of those uncomfortable, irritating situations only ended up forming me into the person God predestined me to be. And I'm not just talking about myself, but just think about all of the things you have been through in your own life. A lot of things that you went through wasn't just the physical pain I talked about, but some of us have suffered emotional pain or abuse. And what you didn't realize is that it was all part of the shaping 
process to make you something of great value and worth. The pearl God created me to be, it was all part of the process. Everything I ever went through and everything you have ever experienced or gone through has helped make you into the person you are today. Had you not gone through, endured, or experienced certain things in your life, which was painful, you wouldn't know God as a healer. You wouldn't know he was a way maker, a deliverer, a miracle worker, because everything you went through made you who you are today. So if you have had people in your life who caused an irritation, even though it may be hard, begin to thank God for those people. Because those are the ones who pushed you into greatness in order to help make you into the person that you are today. Yes, those same people may have been irritating. They may have caused hurt and pain in your life. But know that their irritation is what kept you humble so that God could exalt you into the person that he wanted you to be. And, you know, I was thinking about something. A lot of times we don't even know what's within us until God allows us to go through certain things. I was invited to attend a roundtable discussion a few years ago at the Cancer Center in my city. And there were professors from West Virginia University there. And I was invited just to share and talk about my experience in being a cancer survivor. And I was also able to share how God healed me fully and completely of cancer. And one of the questions I was asked after going through my experience is what I learned from being diagnosed with cancer. And although life is full of learning experiences, I had never thought about it, and I had never really considered what I learned by going through that process and what my takeaway was from it. It wasn't until that very moment I was asked that question that I truly evaluated the lesson behind it. And for me, what I learned is that I am stronger than I thought that I was. Yet I realized that it wasn't my own strength, but it was the strength of God, which was made perfect in my life during that time of weakness. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses seven through 10 out of the King James Version says this. I'm going to read verse seven again, because although I read it earlier, I want to show you how it ties in. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Verse 8 says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. So the Apostle Paul is saying, I asked God to remove the thorn or the irritation three times out of my life and God wouldn't do it. 
And Jesus simply responded in verse nine. Paul quoted him saying this, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. So Jesus was saying, my grace is enough. That's all you need for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That word weakness in that verse of scripture is actually translated sickness, disease, infirmity, frailty, or feebleness in your body or in your mind. The verse goes on to say, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10 says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And that is the quote I want to leave with you today from the last part of verse 10. When I am weak, then am I strong. And that word strong in this verse, it means possible and powerful. So listen, whatever you are going through, remember that the strength of Jesus is made perfect in our weakness. And the fact that it is made perfect means that all things are possible, but it's not just the possibilities alone. But remember, there is also power behind every possibility. Listen, that is my time, beauties. Remember to keep living your best life for Christ. Always walk in love. Let your soul shine. Feast on the word of God. Be intentional to be a blessing to someone else. Stay positive. Stay healthy, body, soul, and spirit. Be kind. Keep a beautiful mind. And never forget the pearl that God created you to be called you to be and purposed you to be. And that is a beautiful, dope soul. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Don't forget to subscribe to Beautiful Soul Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Also follow Beautiful Soul Sunday on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or visit our website at beautifulsoulsunday.com. Until next time, blessings, grace, and peace be multiplied.